Welcome, Resurrection Church, to another Supercharged podcast. This is going to be episode 23.2. In order to uh, make this a little bit easier as you listen to the Supercharged podcast, I'm going to kind of change the, the naming and numbering scheme so that it's easy to figure out what the next one is. So this will be episode 23.2. We're talking today about vision again, which is another episode on vision. Today, though, we're going to talk about how vision needs to precede everything. Vision precedes everything. And uh, we've talked before about the competency of uh, sharing vision, casting vision. Uh, remember these podcasts that we do on super for supercharged are intended to help you grow skills. They're they're intended to help you learn competencies in leadership that are applicable in lots of different areas of leadership, whether that be in different ministries or departments inside the church, or whether that be in the secular world, or whether that be in your small group, or lots of different places that leadership is necessary, and casting vision is an essential element, is an essential skill that you learn. Today, we're going to talk more about vision and how vision needs to precede everything, including two specific areas we're going to spend some time on today. Vision needs to precede correction, and vision needs to precede your uh, honoring or celebrating of wins. So when you correct someone, we start with vision, and when we honor or we celebrate a win, uh, we're talking about something that's an achievement. We start with vision as a leader. And I'll, I'll kind of walk you through both of those. So uh, remember, uh, just as a quick recap, when it comes to vision, that when you're casting vision, we're not talking about some mystic thing where you have visions in your head. We're not talking about prophecy. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about when we talk about vision as a leader is being able to paint the big picture of the destination, the goal. And so you could call this being goal-oriented, but vision is a more engaging word that really talks about your need when you cast vision to captivate, uh, to engage the imagination, the, the creativity that someone has. And so that's important because we know that you need to not only win people intellectually, and academically, you need to win their hearts. You need to win their emotions. It's part of leadership because leadership is influence. And so when you are casting vision, this is what we, we, we've discussed in a previous episode, you're laying out the destination of where you're going, like where, where the organization is going, the small group's going, their family's going, whatever it is you're leading. You're laying out the destination. You're painting that picture. And you're explaining why you can't stay where you are today. So you're not only talking about where you're at and where you want to go, but you're saying, look, we can't stay here. The cost is too high. We've got to get to blank. And blank is vision. It's, it's what you're casting. It's what you're, you're painting. Now, let's just a couple examples so that we make sure we have our, our heads wrapped around this. Uh, you're at a church and they need to build a new church building. I don't know. There are lots of good reasons, lots of logical reasons, but it's the leader's job to explain, hey, here's the type of building. Here's the size of building. Here's, here's, here's what we need because we want to achieve this type of impact, right? And to do that, we're going to need this type of building. And if we don't do that, here's where we'll potentially struggle to meet these types of needs. It's just casting vision. And it's tying that vision of the impact of the church to the project, let's say, of 
uh, building a new church building. I'll give you another example. Um, recently, the, the laws changed in the state of California require just a phenomenal amount of work now uh, for anyone that's involved with kids. And so uh, from back multiple background checks and fingerprinting and multiple uh, or, uh, federal and, and state organizations that have to be uh, you have to check with and uh, extra special training hours and you name it, just all kinds of stuff that needs to be done for anyone involved in kids ministry, most of whom are unpaid volunteers. So you've got to go get that done. Uh, in order to, to go get that done, you better be laying out some vision. You better be talking about the impact of kids' ministry. You better be talking about the impact of raising up the next generation. You better be talking about the cost of not doing it and what it looks like when you fail to raise up the next generation because people need to make sure they're reminded of those things before they have to go do a bunch of work, sometimes a bunch of boring work, a bunch of extra work. Like, we got to remember, like, why are we doing this? The Apostle Paul does such a great job of this in the Bible. He's constantly reminding churches in the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution and martyrdom, in the midst of all sorts of different uh, conflict and anxiety and doubt. He's reminding them of the big picture. He's casting the vision. He's describing what it looks like to rest in Jesus and what heaven's going to look like and the reward that we're going to have when he, like— He's great at doing this, and and we have to do this as leaders too. Uh, even at your, in your family, you know, you you decided, man, we we really need a new car. This car's constantly breaking down, but we have to save money to get it. And so you're in the in the you know midst of trying to save money, and and so what what are you doing? You're you're reminding each other, hey, it's going to be really great when we finally save up enough money to get that new car. And you know, it stops breaking down at every stoplight, and we hey, stop having to push start it. And I mean, vision proceeds. Everything. If you want to be a good leader, you are always going to start with vision. Now, these two areas where I want to I want to talk about today that I think are overlooked is in correction and in celebrating wins. And here's what I mean: a correction is just a normal, natural part of leadership. It is a normal, natural part of the Christian life. It's a normal, natural part of the body of Christ. Um, to correct is something that is just almost innate. In, in the way that the Bible would describe the church, uh, you're going to have to do some correcting in the church. You're going to have to do correcting in any, at any level of leadership. Correcting is going to be super important. And we're going to we're actually spend multiple episodes just talking about correction and how to correct and, and lots of uh, things like that. But before you ever get to correction, when you're going to have to sit down with someone and have a corrective conversation you start with vision. Well, why do you have to start with vision? Because I want to remind you of why we're doing the things that we're doing. And before I have to get into what may or may not be a painful conversation about changing something you're doing and, and addressing something you're doing or not doing, let's first remind you of why it is that we're working on these things, why it's important. That's back to vision. Um, I want to remind the person of the big picture. I want them to, I want them to almost be able to see, to touch, to taste, to smell in their minds that end goal that we're all striving for before I go in and correct. Now, why would I do that? Well, number one, because I want them to have the big picture in mind, the motivation for the work, and in uh, what will be a few moments once we have this conversation what will be uh, the motivation for the change or the correction. I, I want them to have that there. That's the motivation. And secondly, I want to remind them that we're on the same team. When, when, when we talk vision about 
why we're doing what we're doing. It reminds both of us, encourages both of us that we're on the same team. We're both in this for the same reason. This matters to us. And that's a big deal. And uh, I want to start there. Now, I want to give them the big picture. I want to remind them we're on the same team. And, and, and if I can get them to get their hands around the vision again before a corrective conversation, I have buy-in, right? Now, if, if, if the people you're leading do not buy into the vision that you've been casting, you already have a leadership problem. Like you have a big leadership problem. But sometimes people just, just forget because we're forgetful people and, and we're in the moment people and, and we there's lots going on. It's easy to forget what the big picture is. And so that reminder of why we're doing what we do helps to remind the individual, hey, you're bought into this. You believe in this. You want this. You desire this. There's a reason you're putting your effort behind what you're doing for this. And we start there. And that way, when I get to the correction, I, in some sense, already have buy-in to the correction because I have a buy-in for the reason that I'm correcting in the first place, right? And so I can get that correction acceptance from that other person a lot quicker if we start with, here's the big picture, here's the vision, here's what we're all trying to do, here's where what you're doing is actually causing us to not get there or get there inappropriately or slowing us down or what have you, right? So we start with vision before we get to correction. And I'll give you some examples. Let's say you, in fact, here's a super common example. We talk about having rogue ministries inside the church. And and, and all we mean when we talk about rogue ministries uh, is we have ministries that begin to do things and make decisions and act in a way that is actually not in line with the church body, the health of the church, the vision of the church, the direction of the church. Happens all the time. It happens in churches everywhere. And it's a very simple thing. What happens is the ministry in the work of trying to do whatever their goals are and you know get done the things, the, the work of the Lord, begin to make decisions based on what's best for the ministry, not what's best for the church. Happens, it's so common that I, I can, it's probably happened to every ministry, every year they've even been around, every program suffers from the ability to do this. And so when you begin to see a ministry begins or people in a ministry begin to make decisions contrary to the direction of the church, you have to sit down and you don't start with a correction, you start with a vision. Here's why we do what we do. Here's why it's important. Here's why we're all doing it. Here's why you're doing it and I'm doing it. Here's why we're both doing it together. And here's where these decisions or these actions now are contrary to those things. And now we get to have that conversation. Um, listen, I've done a lot of marriage counseling. My wife and I uh, had a wonderful opportunity, just privileged to sit down with couples, sometimes that are doing really well, sometimes they're not doing really well and speak to them and I do a lot of listening. And uh, I will tell you all the time, all the time, that in the midst of conflict and difficulty and just real life of a marital relationship, you have a spouse, a husband or wife that wants to leave their spouse. They, they're ready. They're ready to go. They're ready to get out of it. And, and you know what we start with before we start correcting the behaviors? We start with like back to the vision. Hey, when you walked down the aisle or when you watched her walk down the aisle and you you wrote out these vows or you repeated these vows or you, you know, what were you? What let, let's 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 envision that moment for a moment, a second. You know what what is it you wanted, and, and what were you hoping for, and what was the, the this lifelong commitment for? And, and we're reminding you of the kind of the vision of marriage, the purpose and target, uh, the big picture of the marital relationship, both biblically and in their own hearts and in their own imaginations. And we're trying to get them to remember that it's worth it before we get into the nitty gritty of behaviors and actions have to change. So we start with vision. 
before we correct. Now, we also start with vision before we celebrate a win or we honor someone for something they're doing. Now, celebrating win is, is just kind of a term. Uh, we want to be really great at celebrating wins. We want to be really great at honoring one another. The Bible talks about honoring one another. It's important to celebrate wins. We'll, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time over the course of the next couple of years in, in different episodes talking about celebrating wins. But if your church will largely gravitate toward doing things that you celebrate. So the things that you celebrate as a leader are the things your church will over time continue to do. The things that you don't celebrate, uh, you, you'll have very uh, uh, varying levels of inconsistency. But if you celebrate it over and over again, people will gravitate toward it, right? Because that's where you're putting the attention of the leaders. And, the, and if you have influence, it's going to matter. And, and again, true at every level of leadership, uh, true at a small group level, true in secular world, true in just your fa- leading your family. So before we celebrate a win, which is part of how we steer a ship, how we influence, we want to remind people a little bit to the vision. We want to tie that celebration to the vision. So if I'm, I'll give you an example, if I'm going to celebrate um, the work that some individuals have done inside the church building uh, that maybe no one gets to see, before I celebrate that, I'm going to talk about the impact, let's say, of the services. And then I'm going to say the only reason we were able to, to actually do those services and to have them function the way they're supposed to function, which ultimately we saw, you know, these types of responses and this type of work of the Holy Spirit during that. And the only reason we were able to do that was because so-and-so put in this effort behind the scenes and did these things. So I'm I'm honoring the individual. I'm celebrating the win but I'm tying it to the vision because we, we got to tie it back to how did it move the ball forward for the kingdom? How did it get us to our end goal? So uh, let me let me give you one that's misconstrued all the time uh, outside the church. And, 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 and I'll explain how this can go so, so wrong so quickly. Um, if I asked you, you know, hey, uh, what are your feelings on celebrating uh, Black History Month, right? I will tell you right now, <laughs> That in 2023, uh, and this has probably been true for other eras as well, but in 2023, you would get a, a vast spectrum of responses about celebrating Black History Month. Now, here's part of the reason why. People have very different understandings and ideas of why we would celebrate a Black History Month or celebrate uh, someone from Black History and depending on why you think the motivation behind why you think that's occurring will will change even the celebration and you, your perspective of how you look at it. So if I wanted you to have a healthy perspective of celebrating Black History Month, um, I would first talk about w- what we all want, that, that we want to, in our culture, really honor diversity, like be okay that people are different, but at the same point, uh, be okay that, that I'm unique and you're unique and we're not the same. And uh, we want a culture that is unified, that grows to love each other despite our differences and uh, enjoys the fact that we're not the same, right? Like so, so I would have to start with this and then I would probably go down the path and say, hey, one of the most undertaught uh, aspects of our history is the contribution of these individuals. And let me give you one. I tell the story of that individual. And the reason we teach this is so that we will have an even greater appreciation for our differences and how uh, there has been struggle toward unity and it has not been easy. And there's been a lot of things that weren't easy. Now, if I talk to you in that way about, let's say, celebrating Black History Month, you might, by the time we got to, to even celebrating it, have a very different view of it. 
If, if I started with like, we have to do this because, and I gave you a whole mandate of reasons and I didn't tie it to a vision of unity and I didn't tie it to a vision of love and, and how we treat one another, you might have a very different perspective of it. In fact, you might have a very negative perspective of it. And yet the funny thing is we're still celebrating the same thing. And yet we could look at it very differently. And, I, and I'm using that, this example, because it is controversial. I don't know if it's controversial, but it could, it could be. It, it's easily overlooked and misconstrued and distorted and becomes controversial. And think about that. Think about the idea of celebrating a win or celebrating something cool being di- divisive or, or controversial. Can you Like, you see how easily this could happen? You're in the church and you want to celebrate something. And if you don't do a good job tying it to the vision— even the celebration of a win, even the honoring of an individual has the ability to become controversial and divisive if you've not done an adequate job in context, tying it to the vision and explaining why it matters. And uh, the thing that you will fight as a leader, and I fight it all the time, is it feels repetitive. I oftentimes feel like I'm saying the same thing again and I'm I'm fighting to roll my eyes because I feel like oh, I've said this a dozen times in the last month. But what you and I don't realize, uh, we always underestimate is people are forgetful people and they're only listening occasionally and they and they very uh, uh rarely retain a great deal of what you said and so we're we are repetitive on purpose intentionally and if we, if we got to be repetitive about anything I'm going to be repetitive about the vision, the goals, the big picture of the organization so that as we work on the smaller things in the context, the corrections, the celebrating wins, we always have context for why we're making a big deal out of something, changing something, addressing something, celebrating something. I hope that helps uh, you think a little bit about vision. I would love for you to spend a little bit of time over the course of the end of this podcast, as you kind of uh, press stop or it ends and, and you begin kind of like chew on this skill, where in your life do you have leadership in that or where do you have influence? Kind of the same sort of thing. Uh, in that leadership, in that the areas of influence, the spheres of influence that you have, uh, where do you have to enact change? Where do you have to go correct things? Where do you need to go? It's important for you to go celebrate things, to honor people. And in those areas, are you good at casting vision? Are you good at reminding people why we do what we do? When I encourage someone, I want to encourage them, but I want to tie it to the big picture. When I correct someone, I want to correct them, but I want to tie it to the big picture. Where do you need to tie things to the big picture? It may be a reminder for yourself. You may be struggling. You got to remind yourself. It may be for specific conversations that you're having and you need a reminder, hey, I got to tie this to the big picture. I have to remind them of the vision. It'll be significantly more effective if I do that before I correct or before I celebrate a win. Guys, thanks for hanging out with me. As always, love talking to you. If you have questions, we would love those questions and those feed, that feedback. You can get to us in a plethora of ways, whether email, direct message, via our church discord, or even social media. Until next time, Lord bless.